You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And welcome to episode 101 with Matt Freeman and Jason Willer from Charger. Uh, Jason is also in the uh, Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine. He's the drummer for that band, amongst many others, which we talk about on the episode. And Matt Freeman is also in Rancid and Operation Ivy. Uh, all kinds of different bands. I mean, you go over everything. But um, for me growing up, uh, just, I mean, a huge influence on me growing up and uh, discovering punk rock. Um, and just an awesome time with both these guys. As you guys know, I don't do interviews mostly with, with multiple people. It's always one-on-one. But this one went really well, and both guys were very, very uh, gracious. And I think we set it up in a way that was uh, is going to be very easy to listen to. Uh, we kind of split things up a little bit to where uh, each person took part of the story and uh, of the formation and the upcoming, well, it's out now, actually, um, the Charger EP, the self-titled EP out on Pirates Press Records. Um, it's Dude, it's like Motorhead meets Prague meets 
I mean, it's crazy. We talk about it on the episode. You guys will hear all about it. But if you have not checked out Charger's new EP, the self-titled EP, uh, it's up on Spotify. It's everywhere now. Pirates Press Records has it. There's a whole, uh, I think, whole bundle pack you can do with T-shirts. They have coffee, um, all kinds of things. But like I said, Jason and Matt were very gracious uh, with their time, and we had a blast, um, an absolute blast. And I love being able to uh, bring bands maybe you guys haven't heard to the table and get you guys on board as well. Um, so big thanks um, over to Mutiny PR. I mean, just awesome, awesome people over there and hooking this up and getting it going. So guys, I'm stoked to bring you this episode. Uh, let's get some business out of the way first, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the the uh, website. You can check it out for all the episodes, all the information, all the links, everything else. Uh, as well as the socials. Um, you guys know where we are on there, Instagram, Facebook, all that business. Uh, we do have a few sponsors to mention. Uh, artistflags.com has been sponsoring the show for a while. Um, they've got us some amazing 3x3 flags that are back in stock. We have the Pleasure Skull on white, uh, which is the main logo, and then we have the Wizard on black. Um, both available. Um, you can shoot me a DM or an email. Um, we can hook that up through PayPal if you guys want one. Uh, but they are the three foot by three foot flags that artistflags.com made for us. And they are absolutely badass. I'm going to post them up online too, so you guys can see them. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them on the Instagram. If you haven't already, check it out. Um, and sticker ninja sticker ninja is the one-stop shop for everything stickers these stickers are super durable um, all the stickers you guys have ordered from the show uh, all come from sticker ninja you'll see the durability the, the craftsmanship um, they, they just do a great job the uh, hard hat i wear at work has been beat to hell and those stickers literally i think almost a year in now are look brand new it's absolutely insane the other the other stickers on the hard hat have all faded away but these ones are vibrant and bright. Uh, they do that matte finish. Uh, we've got some 12 by 12 pentagram stickers in stock, and we've got the glow in the dark stickers in stock from Sticker Ninja. So, like I said, hit up the hit up the shop online. Hit me up on DM or fa- uh, uh, email, and we can get those to you uh, if you want to purchase those. So, big thanks to Sticker Ninja. Uh, the coupon code at Sticker Ninja is uh, Peer Pleasure 10, and I'll get you 10% off your order. Uh, of, of anything you want from Sticker Ninja, and I highly recommend going through them for anything you do for stickers. Uh, the other sponsor we have to mention as well is Merge 4 Socks. Merge 4 Socks have partnered with a bunch of bands, uh, pro skaters, turned artists. Um, they've got just amazing socks. They're super comfortable. I wear them every day. They've sent me enough that I have a pair for every day of the week. Um, and I, I love them. They're absolutely fantastic. They are comfortable, durable. Uh, the designs are badass. They got stuff from Steve Caballero. They've got Foo Fighters stuff. They've got uh, Circle Jerk socks I was wearing the other day to a show with my boys Broadway Calls. Um, just an awesome company. So check out Merge4 on Instagram, Merge4.com. Uh, they're absolutely, absolutely amazing. You guys are going to be blown away. Um, and they got the no-shows now uh, if you're not into the crew style. And they still have the same vibrant color and everything else on them. So big thanks to Merge4. Big thanks to ArtistFlags.com. Uh, big thanks to Sticker Ninja. Sticker Ninja's been with the show a long time, uh, almost as long as Rockabilia. And you always hear that ad. I don't mention Rockabilia um, in my intros anymore because you hear the ad at the beginning and it's already in there. So, But definitely check out Rockabilia.com uh, if you get the chance. Uh, PC Jabberjaw is the code for 10% off your order there as well. All right, guys. So without further ado... Let's get into this episode with Charger. It's Jason Willer and Matt Freeman. 
Jason. Yeah, hi. Hey, it's Dewey. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing hey, buddy. great. Matt, I'm Matt. Matt's here, too. How are you? Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Good, man. I'm stoked to have you guys on. I'm I'm glad this worked out, and uh, yeah, you guys both sound good. That's great. I usually do one-on-ones, so this is, uh, this is the second... I think we're a hundred and some episodes in, and this is the second time I've done uh, multiples over the phone. <laughs> well, thanks for doing it, and thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, Lars on yesterday. We did like an hour and a half, um, and uh, yeah, so I've been been uh, busy, busy. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. So uh, Matt Freeman and Jason, is it Willer or Weiler? Willer. Willer, okay. Like, like Miller with a W. Excellent. So uh, you guys are two-thirds of Charger, um, which is a new band coming out. I mean, you guys got your EP coming out on the 10th of May, I believe, on Pirates Press Records. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I heard the first track that was released on Spotify, which I believe was Victim, um, and then uh, Christina sent out a press release today for crackdown and jesus christ guys it is brutal i am i am so excited about this ep it is it's like uh it just gets you i was listening to crackdown after i left the job site today and i was driving on the freeway with the windows down it's portland oregon it's like 70 degrees and i look down i'm going like 75 miles an hour on the freeway when in of course a 50 mile an hour freeway and uh it's one of those kind of kind of records that I think kind of just it just puts the fire behind you. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get into a little bit of of uh, kind of where you guys come from, and I mean, uh, Jason, I know far less about you uh, than I do about Max. I've been into Op Ivy was one of the first bands that I got into on my own um, that got me into punk rock. Um, and you know, of course, rancid after that, and, and everything else. Um, but why don't we start with you, Jason? Where do you come from, and, and tell me a little bit about where you're where you're from and, and your upbringing. Okay, well, um, yeah, thanks. I'm uh, I'm from the from from the Bay Area. I'm I'm East Bay, a little you know, like thirty minutes east of uh, of Oakland, of where I reside now. So um, I grew up in kind of Concord Clayton area. But I, I started going out to uh, to Gilman Street uh, in Berkeley around. I think my first show was like Naked Aggression in 1993. So I've been I've been going to shows and been around for for a long time. Of course, I was into Op Ivy and Rancid coming up, and uh, very influenced by all that stuff. And as well as uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of started out listening to. To more Black Sabbath and Motorhead and Maiden and Judas Priest and anything with a very interesting uh, anything that kind of had a record cover that would scare my mother. <laughs> I was uh, I was drawn to you know yeah. Uh, the further I grew up in the Mormon Church, so the furthest thing from Mormon was very appealing to me, and so I kind of uh, and I I started playing drums at about um, in 1989, so about I was about 11 when I started playing. Um, and then I started playing out in bands around, around 93 when I was about, uh, yeah, they, I don't know how old was I 14, 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and started touring 
was in a little local band called TFM and then or Teenagers from Mars and we did some touring when I was little, like fifteen, sixteen, up and down the West Coast. And then uh joined a band called The Enemies on Lookout Records. Um and then in the two thousands I was fortunate enough to join the UK subs. Oh wow um, okay. The guitar, the guitar player Nicky Garrett was living in San Francisco, and I heard they needed a drummer for uh, Brazil and Argentina. And so uh, a lot of my friends were getting into heroin at the time, and I thought it would be a good, a good exit strategy to get away from the the darkness, you know. And yeah. so I started touring, touring with that band, um, and stayed in the UK subs for about five years, and moved to Germany, and kind of had a whole life of my early twenties. In, in Europe and traveling around with the subs and doing Japan and Canada and kind of got really into touring and it was really fun. Around 2006, moved back to the Bay Area and uh, to North Berkeley and started uh, cooking in, in uh, restaurants and was burning my hands and decided I was going to uh, start teaching. I started teaching drums and started playing in local bands and, um, and then later on, joined nick turner from hawkwind and started playing with him and some other prog bands and then later on after that i got picked up by jello biopera so i also play with jello and guantanamo school of medicine um and now i'm here playing with uh with matt freeman and and andrew and charger man that's so i <laughs> I Quite grew a up. In, I never really like heard it laid out like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. That's a serious. I had a band resume. called called Alaric as well, and I sang and played drums for a band called Cross Stitched Eyes over in Europe as well. Man, so I had my own little local bands as well as working for other other artists. That's killer. I I grew up in the Mormon Church as well. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I absolutely uh, understand where you're coming from there, and uh, I was in the same boat. Watch, my man. My parents would go through my. Well, it was CDs for me. I I did. I grew up in Alaska, so you know CDs came out, cassettes came out. I never had vinyl except at a radio station my dad worked at, and I was listening to, like pop records and stuff. But I would just watch them come into my room and and check out what I was listening to. I think I had uh, the Chronic by Dr. Dre, and he broke it in half. Um, and then, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was before I discovered uh, anything else. Like a weird, weird transition. But um, yeah, I I feel you on the the records will scare your parents and and how easy it is when you have mormon parents to to freak them the fuck out <laughs> totally my my mom one time went in my room because i used to write i used to go through the rancid lyrics and i remember i wrote out the bottle and it was before i'd ever drank anything uh -huh. but i wrote out the bottle just just to get practice writing lyrics and i remember she i remember later on going through her, her closet to have me get something and found that she had confiscated the, the the lyrics so she must have thought that i had written that you know i don't think she knew that it was <laughs> so. did, did uh well you said you said you went to you know to escape the the heroin and everything else did you get into that stuff or was it mainly just drinking and and whatever i mean did you have an issue with that i stuff? mean i never had an issue with it but i i i tried it when i was in when i was 1920 okay um but my friends, my friends all got hooked. Yeah, and the house was getting really uh, 
unsanitary with needles being laid around and stuff. Uh huh. Man, that stuff is prevalent. It's insane. That's good. It didn't get its hooks in you, man. That's oh it's no. So easy. I, I you know I, I music always takes precedence. So over anything with me. Yeah. So it's like if it was it was if it was ever um, a relationship or a drug or anything that was getting in the way, it always got the axe because music was always first and foremost. You know. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. That's. I mean, it's amazing how. I mean, for for someone playing it, how much it can save your life, but also other people as a listener, how it can change so much of someone else's life, you know? You can sit in your room and write this song that could stop someone from killing themselves, could get them off drugs, could, you know, drive them to make a huge decision in their life or motivate them to achieve something. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. It's the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. well, what about you, Matt? I uh, tell me, tell me about your upbringing. I, I, I mean, I know, yeah, I know your resume and and catalog pretty well. But as far as your, you know, your upbringing and where you come from, I don't know much about. Oh well, um, I grew up in Albany, California, um, which is like right next to Berkeley, it's East Bay, and uh, um, I don't know. You know, I I started playing. Uh, shop up when I was a kid and I was always been in the music and uh, I was raised by my dad who was a, a street cop uh, single father and uh, I didn't have the problems you guys did I, I don't think I could do anything to shock him honestly <laughs> <laughs> maybe like you know short of like stealing a car or something which I never did uh, he was pretty he I don't think he knew what to do with me you know because I was you know he was like just you know, big badass, hard boiled dude, and you know, I just wanted to sit in my room and listen to records, you know, which he was fine with. And uh, you know, and then you know, met Tim when I, we were kids, and you know, you know the whole story, you know, going through Operation Ivy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I just always you know wanted to play music, and I started getting into, you know, I was just always interested in any kind of music. You know, I was really subjected to. Uh, my mother was really into like all the seventies, like California stuff, like Eagles and Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstadt, which, you know, (laughs) I can actually, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, I mean, it's good music. It's good music. Now, now I look at it as a, you know, 53 year old. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty good stuff they were doing there, but I don't know. Didn't really rock too hard. You know, when you're 12 or 13, sure. You know, but I got to, I got into punk and rock and, you know, uh, who was one of my favorite bands and, uh, you know, Black Sabbath and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, just punk rock stuff. And I've been playing, you know, I mean, me and Tim, you know, started, you know, playing when we were, you know, whatever in high school and, yeah. you know, Operation Ivy, Rancid, that whole thing. But, you know, I've always just played music. That's basically it. Was it you know, always bass? Lucky to- with you, was it bass uh, yeah, right away? Much. Like I said, I mean, I played horns in school and stuff, uh-huh. uh, you know, but I, you know, I started off playing guitar. Okay. Like I got a hold of this, like, I got a hold of this, like, Spanish guitar. My mom would, like, sing Joan Baez songs on or something. And I was just like, oh, yeah. It's like I figured it out. And then I got into bass. Of, uh, I got a bass. My dad bought me, like, this Fender Music Master, and I just went from there. Man, you know, and I was really influenced by like. There's a lot of great bass players out there. I mean, the one that really changed me was John Wilson from the Who. Yeah, he. Uh, I got this. Um, uh, I have a 
older uncle who's only like a couple of years actually older than me. He's <laughs> like, uh, 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 he he was like sort of my bigger brother and he had the suit you know he had the suit record live at leeds and i took it home you know i was just like oh my god what's this and at first i thought john also was the guitar i didn't know you know yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like this dude's awesome and i'm like oh it's the bass you know and like uh so i got really into that and then i just you know you know learning and yeah just kept going man yeah i i feel like you're one of the busiest bass players in punk rock like uh, with your style, like it's there's so much going on. Even watching it uh, in prepping for this interview, like just kind of re reacquainting myself with things. I would I would get on YouTube and watch some videos, and then I would go to the covers. So when someone's trying to cover like Maxwell Murder or something, and just watch how hard they're struggling to play it, <laughs> which you do so flawlessly, of course. But like, and it almost seems effortless. But it's when you're listening to it, there's so much going on. I've always admired that about your playing and, and uh, you know, just, I mean, it's a, it's a super, bass can get lost a lot of the time, but it's super prevalent in what you're doing and, and almost everything you're doing. And uh, I mean, John Entwistle, man, he was, I'm a Sun Amp dude. Like I love the Sun Amp. Oh, Sun I, think, I think he had his own model at one point. I think he's one of the only people. It was either him or, I mean, it was Pete Townsend. But uh, now Pete Townsend never played Sun. Uh, Pete Townsend pretty much did High Watch. Okay, so it must and have been then, John Entwistle. I've, I swear I saw him on a Sun ad, like one of those vintage Sun ads, uh, with his own model. Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, I don't. I've never seen that, but I've I've got this picture. I've got this poster, the Who the Who poster, and it's them like in probably 1973. Mm -hmm. And he's just got a stat. He's just got a wall of Sun amps. Yes. And he's playing those Fender Birds where he would take a Thunderbird, a Gibson Thunderbird, take the necks off and put Fender necks on them. <laughs> and uh, it was like his his sound. Yeah. I mean, that's what he did. And uh, yeah, he was a really into those sound. He always used solid state. I mean, he had like, I've read a lot about The Who, and I guess his whole, he had this amazing, like, he, it was so big and loud. Yeah. Like, it, they called it, I think the crew, I read somewhere, the who called it Manhattan, like or something? <laughs> they like <laughs> named for it. But uh, I saw this interview with Pete Townsend after he passed away, and he said, you know, when they decided to go out again, they just didn't know how they were going to recreate that massive sound that yeah. he had. You know, I mean, I saw them in 1982, um, which was supposed to be their farewell tour, which is pretty interesting because they're all in their late 30s at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, dude, they're done, man. They're almost forty. Wow, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was pretty funny, you know. And uh, but I saw them, and it was like transformative because the Clash opened up too, and that was it was on the Combat Rock tour. Okay, and that was pretty pretty amazing at the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, and then they played the second night indoors. The Clash didn't play, and it was just it was pretty amazing to watch wow see i had one of those coliseum bases and it caught fire after two weeks <laughs> like literally caught fire it was insane loudest amp i've ever used for for bass I'm a, I'm a guitar player but it was on one of those craigslist deals and i was like man i gotta have this and try it out and i i let our bass player use it and and literally just started smoking and then flames started coming out it was insane and I was so pissed off because it sounded so Were you good. playing a show when you were doing that? No, it was in the practice space. Oh, that's too bad because if we were playing a show, that'd be pretty rad. Oh, fuck happy. yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, I'm rocking so hard. Dude, I know you're a basement guy, but have you do, have you used the Sun Gear? Do you own some? Um, I don't own any Sun Gear, no. Oh, okay. Um, I don't, and I've you know I've I've used different. I mean, if you want to talk bass, I can geek out on bass all day long. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, I use Fender Basements. Um, over the years, though, I've used all kinds of different kind of stuff, mostly solid state amps. I mean, the first mm-hmm. few Rancid records, and actually a lot of later records too. I had, and I still have it, an acoustic three twenty. Okay, you know yeah, acoustic yeah. amps, yeah, and it yeah. had the four four fifteen cabinet. Oh my god! And it's four fifteen, so it's one, it's one like two facing, and then two, like inverted in the cabinets facing each other. Oh my it's, god! I don't know. It's some yeah. crazy seventies dude came up with it, and it's like the loudest amp. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculously loud. It was actually really great in the first, and it, and I bought it for nothing, you know, in nineteen ninety two or three, and you know, you know, hooking that thing around with rancid. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, it, it, it was, it was a good sound. And, um, and then I sort of retired it because it was just, you know, getting all broken up and, uh, you know, those old solid state amps, like, well, they catch fire, obviously, Yeah. you know, so, but I know that you can't really fix them or I've been told that I don't know, but anyway, but I, I, I've recorded with it and I've used, um, all kinds of stuff. I used GK for a while, mostly solid state. Now with these fenders, there's a 300 basin, which is a, you know, huge uh you know big tube head and then other basements are uh, uh the 800s which have a tube preamp and like solid state like power amp i think i'm saying that right yeah and uh those are pretty punchy too okay you know i used ampeg five pros for a while and you know but uh yeah that's about it man well so why don't jason why don't you why don't you t- tell me how you and matt met and how this how this whole you know, kind of start the story on how Charger got together. I mean, this is it, this is a powerhouse, man. This is this is some good stuff. So well, the first time I met Matt was in '95. Um, Ranted played on the Outcome the Wolves tour and um, at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Okay, I had a my 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 uh, I, I had pierced my face with like a safety pin or something or my lip or I don't know something. And my stepdad was like, I'll take you to any concert you want to go to <laughs> if you take that metal out of your face. And I said, I want to go see, I want to go see Rancid at the Fillmore, you know. So he took me there and I was wearing an Econochrist shirt and had a big mohawk. And I think Tim saw the Econochrist shirt and said, that's my roommate Ben's band. And he brought me backstage. It was really nice. Uh-huh. And I think I met, I met all the guys as like a, 15 year old or something or however old I was. I don't know. Maybe I was 16, 17. Um, um, and, and then years later we'd be seeing each other around or whatever. Um, and, but never really knew each other, but just knew each other around town from around town or whatever. And I, I knew Lars because of, uh, his UK subs connection. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, what happened? Like last uh, about two years ago. Oh yeah, you came. Um, so I was working in a music shop called the Starving Musician in Berkeley, and um, he would come in there, and we would get talk. And he would come in. He would come in for about a year and a half, and we were always 
chatting it up, like usually on a Sunday. Or yeah, something. I would be doing that. And sometimes I bring my young kids, my young boys with me because it gives them something to do. <laughs> I <don't know>. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. And then um, I think it was like one of my last days working there and he happened to come in with his son and say his son needed some lessons. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I started teaching this kid and, um, and then about a year, almost a year in or six months in, we uh, kind of talked about playing. And it was more so just like, just to kind of mess around and just to kind of challenge ourselves and just to do something a little different in, um, in the vein of, uh, of the stuff that we kind of grew up with, the old heavy rock, hard mm-hmm. rock stuff, mm-hmm. um, just to see how it would feel. And then if I remember correctly, well, the first the first time we we started playing it, it was, uh, I think we both, we both just had a, had a blast and we were just kind of throwing ideas at each other and just kind of messing around and, and, um, in a structured form, it wasn't just like jamming or anything, but I think, um, at least to me, it felt like we were kind of cut from the same vine work ethic wise. Mm-hmm. Um, we both took it serious and, and, uh, wanted to challenge each other and, and, uh, have a lot of fun doing it and honor this style of music that, or the spirit of, of uh, a style that's kind of seems to be lacking yeah. uh, these days. Um, I don't know. That's my perspective of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how it happened. Um, you know, I, I know Jason, you know, I've been, it seems like he's been around forever, you know, and I mean, like 1990, you know, he, he was, you know, around, I'd see him at the, I felt sort of bad because I'd go to the music store, you know, you know, maybe every three months or something. I think the first like year you have to interview. I'm Jason. Oh yeah, you're Jason. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, drummer guy, right? You know, and, like <laughs> sort of bad about that kind of thing. And but yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. You know, he, he really did good with my son and uh, great teacher. And we yeah, we just started talking. To, I mean, I didn't really want to be in another band. I mean, we you know we have I'm doing fine there. And uh, you know, but it was more like okay, well, let's get together and just like have fun and play some different stuff. And you know, I know he's a real technical drummer. And, you know, you know, I like to play. So it's like, you know, let's just get together and, you know, just see what happens and have some fun. And, you know, I'm really into, you know, I really am into like a lot of that eighties metal and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, Dio, Dio is one of my like hidden pleasures. I love Dio records and just Dio. I actually saw him play in the Mob Rules tour when I was like 14. It was like, another pretty transportive event. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> like that. But the geezer butler is an amazing bass player too. We can oh, go yeah. on about him. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. 
Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately. That is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. 
Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So, so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. But yeah, you know, it was fun and, you know, we started talking about it and then, you know, at first we were just trying weird stuff. I mean, he turned me on to like, and I, I didn't really realize it's, you know, like early Judas Priest records where they're like sort of proggy, like what's a sin after sin with Simon Phillips on drums. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it's crazy. And I, I've heard all those records, but it's like, you go back to them. Like, I think, I know this sounds sort of weird, but you go back to them. Like it's one way you listen to something when you're 16 mm-hmm. and like this rock, man, this is awesome. And then you like, you know, you, I've been playing for God knows how long and, you know, musician and like, like I say, you know, 53 years old, you listen or 50, whatever you listen to and you're like, Oh my God, this shit is brilliant. What were they thinking? How yeah. did they do this? <laughs> yeah. And then you think about it and then you think about it. It's like, Whoa, man, this is like no pro tools. These fuckers did this on tape. All on tape. You yeah. know, like take from, by take, yeah. from beginning to end, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like, they didn't like cut and paste anything, you know, it's like, wow. You know? And like, uh, and it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. It's like, it's really interesting. You know, I mean, like anything, you know, you grow, you get more mature, you have more experiences and, you know, it's, so that was fun. So yeah, we just started doing it and just started playing. And, you know, at first it was like, you know, just have fun. We weren't, you know, we're, uh, you know, he teaches a lot in the afternoon. I don't do a lot during the day. So it was like, okay, well let's, you know, jam. And then we, uh, brought Drew in and, uh, you know, Drew's awesome. And we just just kept going, and here we are. Man, so this so a lot of this stuff came together just the two of you before Drew came on board with the with Charger. Is that that what I'm gathering here? Where when you guys were you say you weren't jamming really? It was more structured. Were you doing were you doing some guitar stuff too, Matt, to to get things going, or or was it all just uh, bass and drum? Yeah, we we yeah we we did that a couple did that a couple times. I'm not the greatest guitarist in the world. Um, you know, I do okay. Um, but it was, yeah, but mostly it was just bass and drums. A lot of it was, um, a lot of the early stuff was like really focusing on like a rhythm section, mm-hmm. like just trying to be a badass rhythm section. Yeah. You know, um, and just doing like weird time signatures and, and stuff like that, which was really rad. And then, um, and then once Drew came in, you know, I might, you know, show him something on bass and then, you know, or even on guitar. But it's like, it's one of those things, it's like, I can show him on guitar, and I'm going to play it like I play it, and then he's going to play it like a guitarist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's it's pretty cool. Man, it's it's interesting, too, because listening to the, and like I said, I haven't gotten the whole EP yet from, from Christina. I've just gotten the two tracks that I think everyone's been able to, to stream. 
Um, but just the power behind it, for one thing, it's it's really like it's really reminiscent of like Motorhead, like just that fucking in your face, just no holds barred. But then I think it was in Crackdown where the the verse kind of um, ends on this almost like I hate I don't hate to say this, but like this yes kick, like where it's like the do 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 like it the way it cuts down. Does that does that sound accurate? It, it's almost like goes from like crazy balls out Motorhead to like prog. A little bit of prog in there, yeah, and then back. <laughs> it's like so it takes you to like this other place because you're just like. Yes, like just going like like I was driving, and then it all of a sudden I was like, oh, "Hey, that's interesting!" Like like an interesting take on. It. So it's it's cool. Like there's no there's no rules. Like it's just fucking powerhouse. I love it. Like it's it's so cool to see. Like you're saying that that music just isn't around like it was. You know, it's it's it is severely lacking now. It seems like a really good time for this to come out. Well, thank you. Um... That's really nice to say. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with also, too, with, like, um, the swing or the feel of it. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of discussions about that. You know, I mean, you listen to, you know, Black Sabbath, and, you know, they've got a swing to them. You know, they're not just all blocky or anything. I mean, it's it's, it's really real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something we were trying to do. You know, the victim song, you know that's Jason singing, right? No. It's not me. Yeah, it is. It's like. What? Then we should Put some sort of like disclaimer. This is Jason Willard. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I had some friends of mine like, "Bro, your voice is awesome." I'm like, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I think Crackdown. I guess the voice is a little. Yeah, you know, it's similar. If you really listen to it, though, he has a different. He has a different way of. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? He he has a different. Uh, I don't know expression cadence or something. It's a little. It's a little different. But yeah, Jason's singing. Too, and he sings wow. on a, a couple of the songs on the EP too, dude. And that's—it's yeah. been kind of—it's been kind of vague on it because it says like the press releases and stuff will say, you know, that that Jason sing like does vocals and drums, but it also says you know Matt. So I would just figure, you know, it was Matt. But that was that's that's where it's kind of like uh, there's not a lot of information to where it's you know, and it's close enough that you could say, well, yeah, you know, um, that's fascinating. <laughs> That's really yeah, Jason, is. dude. That's kick ass. You oh, do have a you. voice, my friend. That's and doing that while playing. I always love it when drummers sing, dude. Um, but yeah, they, and it flows so well together. You know, you listen to them back to back. And I've always been a fan of of your voice, Matt. Every friend since the first Rancid record, you know, and and before Lars yeah. came on board and does a lot of the other vocals. So I was stoked Thanks. to like like all these years later to hear how how far your voice has come. Like it's definitely changed. But it's just so everything's so just um, just raw and real. Like it's 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 uh, it's refreshing, you know. Thanks. Thanks very much. But uh, so so take me through like so you get you get Drew in the band, songs start start metabolizing, coming together, materializing, and so I got a second I got a second bass drum and some more toms. In okay. There, in that story, <laughs> so I, I never played double bass before, so it's been a, like a learning curve there. I think it's all about like trying to challenge ourselves, really. Sure. Like, because I think move, moving forward is a big part of like was has always like kind of a big part of our conversations, and mm-hmm. and not not settling for uh, not pigeonholing ourselves into any genre. I mean, music's such a 
for me, it's, a, it's such a awesome, there's so many flavors of it, you know, and to be able to, as we get a little older, it's nice to actually, for me, I have, I have a more of an open mind towards so many different styles now. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just like a different flavor for, for your mood, you know, you, and, and to be able to access that and to be open to that. And then to be able to figure out how to play a bunch of different styles and, and apply them. Um, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's been a, a really fun couple of, uh, couple of years building help, uh, you know, building this thing with, with Matt and Drew. Yeah, absolutely. And so, did you guys notice? I mean, of course, it's probably it's and it's always easier to do these things, uh, you know, with the pedigree you guys come from. Like it's it, it's you have a lot of contacts, you have a lot of you know people already interested in things before you know, and give it more of a chance. I think sometimes, or maybe they question it more than they would uh, because of that. But how soon did you guys get interest with you know, hey, we're going to put out a record or an EP? Did, did labels come knocking right away? Did you guys have to reach out to them? Like, how did that go? No, I never, you know, we didn't really, I mean, we recorded uh, last summer and we were still like, I mean, we hadn't even played a show yet. I mean, we were just like, oh, we should, you know, we had a bunch of songs and we were like, okay, we should get this down. So we went into East Bay Recorders, which is Michael Rosen, who was engineer on like, oh God, I guess he was engineer on Let's Go and Out Come the Wolves and um, I think part of life won't wait, but I mean, we've used him over the years and he, he's really local and he's really rad. He's been doing it forever. He does all um, the casual stuff too. And, uh, yeah. And we still, didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, we just went in there like, okay, we got to document this. Yeah. Let's go and get it in there. And we did that. And then I think, you know, we, you know, it was like, okay, we threw a couple songs up on Bandcamp, and it was like, okay, there's that. And then, you know, people started asking us to play, but we still, I mean, we're, you know, we're still opening and, you know, playing like opening shows and, you know, we're just, you know, just sort of doing it. And then uh Skippy of Pirates Press came and saw us and he goes, I want to do whatever with you guys. And so it's like, okay, you know, I mean, we've known Skippy forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, he's done a lot of stuff with Rancid and Casuals and everybody. So it's like, you know, he's, local he's just down the street and uh so that was basically it i mean we're just honestly like we don't really have much of a plan sure, <laughs> sure. i mean i really <laughs> if anything it's like the plan is to have no plan uh we're just we're just you know we we write and we're you know we're putting this thing out and you know we got a bunch more songs and we're just going to keep you know playing shows and doing whatever you know what i mean not yeah. rushing anything and you know just having you know as long as it's fun and it is really fun uh, it's cool you know yeah a different feel entirely being on stage with different people you've been on stage with the same people for a long time you know and 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 jason your resume is insane too i i am i'm surprised i couldn't find a lot of things on that when i was researching for this episode because i usually uh i was telling lars this yesterday like i i used to take like three pages of notes and do all this research and I would never use it. The conversation would just kind of go. Um, but I really was interested to to find out, you know, more about you. And I couldn't find much. So hearing that resume, I mean, that kind of just hit me all at once. Like, it was really impressive. So, I mean, like, and, like Matt's been playing with the same people for, for so long. And especially with Tim for since high school. 
um, being on stage with different people, I mean, it's got to feel great, you know, like a whole new experience, a whole new connection, you know, when you're locking in together and especially being, uh, as you said, such a technical drummer, I mean, it's just a whole new world of possibilities. Plus, the other thing that's cool is is it's probably not the 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 breadwinning band like the where where you can do what you want with it. You know, it's not there's no pressure. It's just free, and that comes through in the music. I think to where it's just it's just I mean, like I said, it's just organic and punishing. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we all get along really well. I mean, it's it, you know, I mean, it's fun. You know, and I mean, I play, you know, I've been doing, I've played, I've played with all kinds of different people. And, you know, just sometimes you just get people that you just really enjoy playing with and you got a connection, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, obviously Rance is that. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, same thing. It's like, it's, it's fun. It's different. And it's just, we have a lot of fun, you know, and it, I think it does come out in the music. And, you know, I think there's that old saying, you know, take what you do seriously, but not yourselves seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <It's> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's just a lot of laughing and a lot of like, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, you know, you, you know, you're in there, you're writing songs and it's like, it's like, this is awesome. Check this out. And it's like, yeah, that's a Black Sabbath song. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I knew I knew it from somewhere. Some obscure, you know, some obscure, like, you know, it's just like, like ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, but it's you know it's fun. You know, no one's like yelling. At yeah, I think I think I've I've rewritten a Motorhead song somewhere in the, in the mix. You know, by accident, not intentionally, but being called out, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Jason, you said you you added you added a double bass and some more toms. Matt, did you change did you change a lot with your gear or tone from what you, you what know, you do actually, with Francis? Yeah, actually, I did. You know, um, I did. I got a pedal board for the first time. Um, I run some stuff in my rancid rig. Uh, I run some pedals in there, but they're on all the they're on all the time. Like I have like my rancid rig is very like I control it. I control a lot um, with the different tones with rancid. Honestly, a lot with the the actual tone knob on the bass, which I don't think anybody does and volume and how I hit the strings and how I do that. It's like, I have a whole system. It's just been developed over 25 years and mm -hmm. I definitely have that tone with, with this. It's and also I'm playing with, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you got two guitars and, you know, uh, the, uh Brendan, uh, Brandon, 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 excuse me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, I worked really hard to fit that. I mean, I'm getting in the weeds here, but to fit that tone in with, you know, Tim's, Tim's amp and Lars's amp and how Brandon's amp sound like it wouldn't work in charger. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, uh, it just, I mean, we would, but you know what I mean? I work, you just, you get it. It's weird. Like people, you gotta have like fit. We, I want everything to fit in, like fit in with the drums and, and going there with the drums and, and, uh, Drew's tone and the whole thing. So I got a pedal board and, uh, and I also got this, uh, geezer Butler wah. Okay. It's pretty rad. And um, I got it just because it was easier, Butler Wah. And I just think I'd <laughs> hang out in my you know, room and do it, you know, just play, you know, Black Sabbath all day long. But um, I actually got it and I actually use it on a song, a couple songs. And, you know, I got a couple pe pedals. I'm using a bass octave for the first time on some stuff. And mostly it's just to take out, I'm trying to like 
I'm trying to get that like big. I'm just trying to get a big sound to to like sort of hold my end of the stage. Sure, Does that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'm curious how Matt Freeman goes out and gets a pedal board. Like after playing so long and like you said, you know, using like a very Fugazi approach to to like no effects really, where it's just like kind of controlling how you're picking you know, what you're with your tone knob, every like uh, utilizing everything from the guitar to the amp with just a chord. How did it go about? Like you said, you got the wah, but what else did, went through your mind? Did you kind of just go and start trying stuff out? Did you have like an idea of, I mean, like I know a lot of bass players use the Sans amp gear to get that extra crunch. Yeah, I don't, I mean, uh, yeah, I, um, well, I use the same, uh, I use the same, um, I guess it's, it's a mild distortion. It's a pork loin pedal. I use actually the same one with Rancid. And then I just, you know, I just experimented with stuff. You know, I mean, okay. I like to experiment. And I'm using, um, I've got this dark glass amp too, this microtubes amp that I've been messing with too, and which gives it a little more of a, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, but I, I know what I, it's, it's just one of those things, it's like you hear it in your head and it's like, this is how I want it to sound. And then you just sort of figure out, put the pedals there to do it and again it was just sort of fun you know and it's uh and it's sort of maddening sometimes i've learned that i'm not really good at i either have to turn the pedal and leave it on yeah or take it off i can't do it in the middle of songs i hit the other pedals and it's i get frustrated and this probably <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, you know what i mean you've been and spoiled like, for uh, too long yeah and, you know like i said you know, the, uh yeah you know but um yeah it's just different you know, it's just a lot of fun messing with other stuff, you know, and then playing with um, Jason's the first guy who's ever had uh, actual double bass. So learning to play with that, too, and um, just, you know, just figuring out. And all drummers are different, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been lucky enough to play with some great freaking drummers in my life, you know, and I did my stint with this uh, social distortion like 15 years oh, ago. Oh, hell yeah. The late, late Charlie Quintana was one of the best drummers ever. Uh, you know, Travis Barker, you know, that guy's a monster. Joey Castillo, right? Joey Castillo. I did, a, um, yeah, a couple things with him. Uh, and, uh, you know. Joey, then, is he you know, from Brandon, Queens of the Stone Age? Yeah, yeah but he was in a, the old Wasted Youth, that old punk band. But yeah. he was in Queens of the Stone Age for, uh, for many years, too. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so, and then, like, um, what else, uh, yeah, and then you know Brandon is just you know Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so it's so, but you gotta like you know adapt and you know it's fun, you know. Yeah, that's just that just struck me like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, how does Matt Freeman go about getting a pedal board and and what what would he choose and where would where would he go? You know that that stuff always fascinates me because I I nerd out on that stuff all the time and and you know what would do this what what combinations would get this and then ordering it all you know putting it in the right order and everything else I have buddies that hit me yeah up the, the right time. order yeah i i found that out I, I i basically would take a picture of it and send it to like you know like rob malecki or someone who was a guitarist at devil's brigade and be like he's a i'm like dude is this right he's like no dude you have to move it around have your distortion here this that and the other thing i'm like okay thank you <laughs> you know absolutely absolutely i get those hey can you facetime real quick i need you to look at this i need you to look at this configuration like oh no move this move this try this you know and and uh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about uh well what about the first live shows like i mean playing live with with charger i mean 
there's there's I think on the press release I saw there's only one show scheduled right now in in the Bay Area. Do you guys? I know there's no plan, but is there is there talk of an actual tour, like going out either supporting somebody or just going out on your own? I don't know. We'll see. Um, right now, we've got this. We got the show coming up on the seventeenth. It's our record release party, and then yeah. um, Branson's going out and doing a bunch of shows this summer. So we don't have a lot. I mean, we're we're just sort of playing it by ear. Like I said, we don't. I mean, maybe that's maddening to some people. No, you have to have a plan, and you have to get this, and you, you have to do that. It's like, you know, things will happen. You know, yeah. we'll see what happens. And playing oh, live is really, really fun, by the way. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I bet. it's uh, Playing the songs like that, I mean, that kind of music is just the best live. I mean, just everything, everything in your face, loud amps, just going full bore. I mean, yeah, just just great stuff. I mean, I'm stoked to hear the, I'm stoked to hear the whole EP, and, and, hopefully catch you guys live eventually you know if you're up in the northwest you know i don't travel much anymore from here but um i mean i would love to i would love to catch that live if that ends up happening but you know having having uh it just be on the fly is is uh you know i think something to be be envious of for a lot of a lot of bands you know with with how much your life can be structured in a in a full-time touring band how much your day is structured i mean even what we're doing now like we scheduled this interview for 2 30 on a on a tuesday like so that's on your schedule you know there's a plan everything is is sectioned out your time is sectioned out having to being able to be in control of that and not having a plan there's something to be said for that for sure but um oh. yeah so uh so may 10th the EP comes out on Pirates Press. The release is in the Bay Area. There, what, what's the place? It's it's at. I didn't recognize the place. So it's a little. Uh, it's it's a local local pub that's been around. It's a it's the home of the West Coast Blues. I I believe it did it start. It's a historic place. I don't know exactly when it when it um, when it started, but it might have been uh, in the '60s. It could have been earlier than that. Uh, it's called Eli's Mile High Club. Okay. And it's kind of like um, it's an old blues blues bar, and um, lately in the past few years it was has been refurbished, um, and it's they they started having blues night again um, on every first and second Monday of the month and inviting the neighborhood back in, and it's it's awesome. It's a real uh, welcoming place that totally has a has a scene, and it's right like right near our studio and like right around the corner from my house. So it's super local. And, um, so it's a great place for the, for the record release. And we, we feel really welcome there and we really have a good time when we play there. Um, so that's the, uh, yeah, that's what we're playing for the record release show. It's going to be great with, um, a band called war bison from here and black Cobra who are also from here. They're fantastic. Oh yeah. 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 I know that band. Man, that's fantastic. Well, guys, I I want to let you get back to your to your afternoon. I appreciate you you taking the time. You know, I I I know the podcast format can be format can be difficult for people when they see it on paper like, "Oh, I need 45 minutes to an hour." And they're like, "What the hell? 45 minutes?" It goes fast, but uh I appreciate you guys coming on. It's been an honor to speak to you guys and and uh you know, hopefully get some some word out on this release and this music and and uh you know, I, I would absolutely be happy to have either of you guys back on to even, you know, dig deeper into things and geek out on whatever. And, and Jason and Matt, thank you guys so much, man. And, and uh, we'll let you get back to your day. 
Thanks for having us. Thanks, buddy. You have a really good day. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoy that episode with Jason and Matt from Charger. I had an absolute blast. Those guys are fantastic. Two just totally stand-up dudes uh, with a huge contribution to music, and now a Charger, another contribution of a great band that you guys need to go check out. And I just saw that they're coming up to the Northwest. They're playing Portland in July, and I am absolutely stoked. They're playing literally 10 minutes from my house at the Kenton Club. It's going to be badass. If they're coming to a town near you, go see Charger. Check out Charger on Spotify. Uh, Get the self-titled EP. Get yourself some coffee over at Pirates Press Records. Get yourself a T-shirt. Uh, this band is going to be awesome. And and like they said in the interview, I mean, they're just kind of going with what comes. And I love that. It's refreshing, and it keeps everything super true and super genuine, um, much like the two guys. So, um, And we may do a part two with them, uh, with Drew, the guitar player, the only guy in the band that wasn't on the show with us um, when they come through in July. We'll see. Hit me up if you guys want a part two with the guys from Charger, and uh, we'll go from there. But guys, thank you so much again for coming back week after week. Uh, episode 101, we're, we're on our way into 100, uh, our second 100 episodes rather. And I mean, I'm feeling great. We've got awesome stuff on the horizon. Uh, I just did an awesome interview today with someone I, I just posted on Instagram. You guys will see it. Um, but I usually don't post those in advance, but this one was too good. So um, still doing a ton of interviews every week and, and uh, getting a little bit backlogged, but we're going to get them all out to you. And uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you so much for for writing in and, and commenting on things. And I'm glad we can bring you stories that uh, you guys enjoy and help you, you know, help you through your issues. Um, hearing other people running through the same problems is, is really something that I can speak for as, as being very helpful. And uh, the Lars Fredericks, Lars Fredrickson episode got tons of feedback on that one and uh, some amazing stories in there. So if you missed that one, Go check it out. Go rate and subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything else. And, uh, guys, thank you so much. Check out artistflags.com. Check out Merge4Socks. And check out stickerninja.com for all your sticker needs. Hit on uh, email, DM on Instagram. Pick yourself up some of those glow-in-the-dark stickers. Pick yourself up some of those flags, those three-foot-by-three-foot flags for your uh, man cave, your studio, your room, whatever you want to do. Throw it on your car. I don't care. It's It's going to be awesome. So, Guys, thank you so much. I'm going to get out of here. As always, we'll see you on the radio. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzard.
WMMS Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, PROH Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.